Hi, it's Katie with Bountiful Living, and I don't know exactly what you're facing today, but I know there are days and times maybe you are in the thick of a season where life feels like a dead end. Your dreams, your plans, your life has not turned out the way you thought it would. What if I told you in this very moment, God is actually working things for your good? He has a destiny. He has a plan for your life. And my friend, his ways are perfect. Even when we can't make sense of them or we're losing our patience or feeling like time is running out, we're going to be switching gears in the podcast from the things that we've been discussing to talking about going with God. As I said in the last episode, Ephesians 2.10 says we have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he's given to each of us. As believers, we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. The podcast today was inspired by a conversation I had with a friend who is in a really difficult season of life, feeling trapped. What I thought was just a few thoughts I was recording into my phone became this podcast. So welcome to the next episode of the Car Chronicles. Pardon the road noise, the bad audio, and the rabbit trails. But I know at the end, this journey will be worth it because God has placed you where you are. And you may not be at your destination, but when we trust in him, we trust his plans for us are good. We know we have a hope and a future. I had this thought this morning and doing an episode about the plans that God has for you. And it can lead to jealousy and comparison when there's dreams in your heart and you're watching other people walk out those dreams. And you're like, hey, wait a minute. I want to pursue my dreams as well. What do we do in those moments? The way I responded was with truth that I have been waiting probably 15 years for this season of my life. And these dreams were actually placed there by God. I'm reminded of Jeremiah 29, 11, which we have to be careful with quoting because it's an Old Testament scripture. It is referring to what God is going to do in restoring Israel. But it speaks to the character of God. And there's other scriptures in the Bible that support this character of God. That he's in charge. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and a hope and a future. That is God's heart for us, too. When we know that and we understand that, whatever we're facing, if it may not be the thing, we can know that God's plans are good, that he has a hope and a future for us, even in the mundane. I know as a young mom with toddlers, 
that is a thankless job if there ever was one. And it can be easy to think the same thing, like how am I achieving any kind of purpose right now? Galatians tells us not to grow weary in well-doing. In due time you will reap a harvest. Do not lose heart. There's so much encouragement for us in God's Word. Bountiful Living, the idea for it came in 2009, Easter. It wasn't even until Thanksgiving that I got the idea for the business, and not until 2022 did I launch a podcast. I had a very non-updated blog um, that basically just my my family read, but it gave me, like, some practice for this season. It was something that I needed to prioritize other things for a long time, for over a decade, before this season came around for me. And there are things and dreams in my heart that I still have to say no to even today because it's a, it's a not yet. And I, I have to trust in the plans and the path God will direct them. I don't have to do it. I don't have to force it. Yes, we have to show up and say, here I am, Lord, send me. But we cannot force um, that into existence. It's something just like a baby needing nine months to just seed in the womb. God is working in us something. I'm reminded of, uh, goodness, it was the scripture, I think it's in Ephesians, for the kids, this BBS, it was a BBS verse, and it says we are equipped for his good purpose, like he equips us, he equips us, God does it, so we don't have to worry about our, our shortcomings, or that we're a stutterer like Moses, or we were the least like Gideon of all of the tribes of Israel, God will do the work. He'll do the miraculous things when we're willing and say, God, send me. And I want to encourage you with that today, especially for those who are in seasons where you feel like you're just making ends meet and your dreams have been cast to the wayside. A scripture that I used to give out a lot in radio is 1 Corinthians 2.9. Which, uh, gosh, I can't even remember what it says right now. That's ironic. I always remember the passage and not the address. Now I remember the address and not the passage. But it basically speaks to that same uh, sentiment that I know what it is. Something about beyond anything you could ask or think. Like that's, that's, what, that's what God has for us. Beyond what we can even comprehend, imagine. That's the verse. <laughs> Finally, there's so many verses in Proverbs where it says, man plans his way, the Lord directs his steps. And one I memorized in high school because my plans were not always working out and I found it to be frustrating because when you're a control freak and your plans don't work out, it can make you want to lose your mind. <laughs> It's Proverbs 16, 1 through 2. We may make our plans, and I memorized this in the Amplified Version. We may make our plans, but 
the final outcome is in God's hands. We can prove our way is right, but is God convinced? Commit your works to the Lord, then you will succeed. Commit your works to the Lord, then you will succeed. There's things I did not know, comprehend, understand about God's ways. I maybe read them, maybe knew them, didn't understand them. God has told Adam and Eve in the garden to be fruitful and multiply. And while I I know not every person chooses to marry, marriage is a blessing. I haven't read through uh, Song of Solomon, but I've done enough study on on the book to know that God created love between a man and a woman to be an earthly comfort in this cruel world, to for us to be loved as he loves us. That's the pure, pure plan for marriage. Now, we mess it up because we get selfish, because sin fills our hearts, our minds, our motives. We get prideful. We, we and the enemy is the one behind it all, distort marriage. But in its pure form, that's God's plan for marriage and his plan for family is for more good to produce in the world, to, for good fruit to produce in the world from godly, loving marriage. And I had a shift in my perspective on my husband in learning that because I realized that a lot of times I was looking to him to meet my own needs. And that's not what marriage is about. I heard this quote somewhere and. They talk about it in the book Sacred Marriage by somebody. I'll have to look that up. But marriage is created for our holiness, not our happiness. And I wish I could, I could say I quote, that's my quote for me. It's not. It's a good one, right? <laughs> and it took me a while to digest that one. That's a, that's a hard one to swallow. Marriage is not for our happiness, but for our holiness. It purifies us, refines us draws us closer to God. Through the struggle, we come out refined, pure like gold. And I ask you to look at your marriage and your family that way today. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you don't feel like you can continue with your spouse. Start to pray before you get that divorce. Start to intercede that God will move, that he will fix things because it is his desire for you to be in a safe loving marriage now i know some of you are not in those and i i know those pains and suffering is real and i encourage you to get to reach out to the community that you have and get the help that you need um and to stay safe that's not what i'm saying here i'm not asking anyone to stay in an unsafe environment. But I am telling you to fight for good, to fight for um, healing in your marriage and healing in your family. I cried out to God probably six, seven years ago, I would say, and it has taken a while, but slowly I've seen change. And recently, in the past year, it's been radical change in my spouse and 
in my children, and surprisingly, a lot of the change started with me. I know many friends that go to, like, marriage conferences and do all these things. My husband and I have not been able to make that investment. And the one time we did, like, a virtual marriage conference, it was awful. It was a waste of our money. We didn't learn anything, and it was so hokey. So we're trying now, 20 years in, (laughs) to learn some things people learned right out the hatch about a godly marriage. We're behind but we're starting now. We're just, you can start today for healing and growth and change and love in your home and in your marriage. And just as I'm saying that word out loud, love, that is the key. That is the fruit of the Spirit. When we read in Galatians about the fruit of the Spirit, there's a lot of characteristics listed, and that is a outpouring of love. It is not a plural. It doesn't say fruits, plural, of the Spirit. It says fruit. It is love. And love shows itself in that way by being gentle, kind, self-controlled, etc. It's early. It's before 8 a.m. I'm having a coffee and I don't know the list. <laughs> so, love, guys. Ask the Holy Spirit to... Make love the foundation of your home, and you begin living out love. If your spouse isn't doing it, your kids aren't doing it, you start doing it. It is possible to heal your home and heal your marriage. And as usual, my brain has gone from one topic to the next because this was about God's plans, but part of his plan is for us to have relationships, and relationships can be hard. Relationships can be painful. They can wound our hearts and bring so much despair and and suffering when they're not healthy. And for a long time, I was getting my needs met outside of the home through just spending the bulk of my time in relationships with friends and working and um, volunteering to get you know, I, was, I didn't realize at the time I was a people pleaser and I was getting approval through that. It's not that volunteering is wrong, but I had a wrong heart motive. I was think I was getting it to get approval and to be congratulated and thanked and feel like I mattered. And we should get that from God. That doesn't come from man. That approval, that satisfaction should come begin to come from God and that's the way I was erring and so when I began to change that and began to reprioritize things prioritizing not my children first friends my husband first and I'm still working on that because I will sometimes think I'm prioritizing him first and he's like no you're actually not (laughs) and it's tricky because especially if you have little ones that are very demanding of your time, effort, emotions, it can wear you out. So find ways to prioritize your spouse and yourself because that's the time with God. So God is actually number one. So like when we're looking at priorities, God is first. He's number one. And number two would be, if you're married, your spouse. And um, after that, your children. And then the things outside of the home. And my friend, you have to be okay 
Are you hearing me? Rested. Spending your time with the Lord to be able to pour out to the world outside of you because we can't, we don't we keep it all in. We don't keep it all to ourselves. We strengthen our, our marriages and our families so we can pour out and be a blessing to this lost, dark world that is in need of a Savior, that is in need of Jesus. And that's where this is bringing it all back to the plans because if we have that solidified, if we have a strong, firm foundation in our homes and we can pour out from a place of strength, the enemy is not going to be stopping us. The enemy is not going to defer us. He's not going to get in our way. He's not going to steal our joy or our peace because we are forced to be reckoned with. We're no longer one. We're an army. And the world needs hope and peace and encouragement. And we are, we are the solution. And it's going to look different for everybody. We have a different calling on our life. So as easy it is to do, don't get in your neighbor's lane and (laughs) try to compare yourself because you have your own special calling. And ask God what that is if you don't know. He will reveal it to you. Something that the Lord gave me on a walk and I was like, God, this is out like I I have to vet this before I can say this out loud and then something came happened at our church that confirmed this thought something I'd never heard of in my entire life I was like okay whoa okay that was from you God you know you don't always if you hearing something you want to make sure you're listening to the right voice um, especially if it's not something that's scripture because you have to vet um When you think you're hearing from God, you don't just be like, oh, that's him. I mean, maybe you're in a place where you know. (laughs) But I usually, it's something that goes along with the word of God. God, number two, God will confirm it through other ways. Like my church starting an actual entire organization that supports this concept. That is a, that's huge. Like an entire ministry on this concept. So I'm like, okay, I don't need another confirmation. Like that's enough. Usually you wait for three. That's. That's enough right there. That's enormous that a church would invest in an ministry supporting this idea. This thought that I had on my walk that day is what if everything we did was ministry? What if we shifted our perspective to thinking everything I do is ministry? When I have that teenager over to the house for pizza night, that's ministry. When I go to my nine-to-five job with a bunch of people who are cursing and not living the way that maybe we live, that's ministry. When we are changing our baby's diapers and cleaning up vomit (laughs) and sped up, that's ministry. Everything we do, whether we're called to stand at the pulpit or be in a podcast like me or we're a writer, Whatever it is, if you're a believer, you're doing the will of God every day, every moment. And so this organization that my church started is called Endeavor, and it's equipping people in their workplace to be a light. And I was like, whoa, God, because when I was working, I was negative and complaining and having a bad attitude. I was not the light of Christ. 
I was not, people knew I was a Christian, but I was not shining bright. I was a complainer and just wanting out of that job because I, it was a, it was an end to means. It wasn't my dream. It wasn't what I wanted to do with my life. I needed a paycheck. And we can get that way. We can get the way of we're thinking like, this is a dead end job. And I, you know, I'm called to be something else. I'm called to do something else. For whatever reason, God has placed you exactly where you are. And you may not be at your destination. That's something we have to trust the Lord for because we know the plans for us are good. We know he has a hope and a future for us. Stand firm where you are, wherever it is, whatever season the Lord has placed you in. And don't lose hope. Don't lose heart. Do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due time you will reap a harvest. Trust in God, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, that it won't always be this way, but that he has something for you today to do, wherever you are, even at the grocery store or at the gas pump. And wake up and say, God, what is it today that you have for me? How can I do your will today, God? And watch what happens. Watch how your environment changes. Watch how things change. Your attitude. (laughs) I needed an attitude adjustment back then. You know, I look back and I'm like, ugh. But, you know, it was what it was. I can't undo the past. I can change now. I can grow now. I can be different from this point forward. And I can encourage my kids that they have a purpose. Don't despise them because they're young. They have a plan and purpose, even as children. They can be blessings. They can be encouragement and hope to our broken world. I want to say to you today, wherever you are, you might feel hopeless in your marriage. You might feel hopeless in your work. But God has a plan for you. Allow him to use you today to be a salve, an ointment to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted because there's hope in you that the world needs. God, we thank you for this car chronicles today as I'm just sitting outside of the Starbucks because I've got sick people at home we're picking up. We're having a Christmas party at home today. Things did not go the way we thought they would. But instead of complaining about what we can't have, we're going to do what we can do. We can have a Christmas party at home, even though we're missing our school Christmas party today. And we thank you for that. I'm thanking you for that. God, I am I am changing my sour, negative attitude into one of praise because that is what you have told us to do. You have told us to be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and petition, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You promise us, God, your peace when we come to you with our anxious thoughts. You tell us that when we come with thanksgiving, you are near. And so, God, we have confidence in that today. We have confidence in your nearness. We have hope in you. We have trust in you that you will replace our anxious thoughts with ones of peace and that you will pave the way, pave the path that you have set for us. You already have it all worked out. We just have to show up and say, Lord, here I am, send me. And we say that today, God, here I am, send me. Let's say it together. Here I am, send me. God, we are willing and able to do your work. Send us out to be a light and glorify you 
not take the credit, give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I will make sure I have all of my scripture references posted on the blog since this is a car chronicle. Check it out at bountifulliving.net.